Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, welcome everybody again to Sports Business uh, on Believe. I'm Fred Wallen, and you're not. You can always email us, sportsfred at AOL.com, sportsfred at AOL.com. And Tom Holforth with us again uh, from the Los Angeles Times, Sports Business Journal, LA Business Journal. And uh, Tom, welcome to the show. Hey, Fred, how are you doing this week? Well, let's see. Um, not too well. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm with you, man. I'm with uh, you. Uh, what were you okay let's go back what were you doing sunday morning around 10 o'clock i just got done from being at church i was at home i just went on a nice beach walk i came home and i'm getting three or four texts about kobe bryant and they're not real clear about what they're about and so i go online and i see this tmz story and right away there i go that's that's got to be wrong there's no way and I'm waiting and waiting, and then I see the L.A. Times sends out a tweet that says, we've heard this report and we're investigating it. And I'm still, uh, I, you know, I, I can accept it. I just don't believe it at this point. And then as it goes on and on, and I see CNN now picking it up, and ESPN is still in the Pro Bowl, and it doesn't make sense. If ESPN isn't switching away from the Pro Bowl, then something must be weird. So I just kind of walk around like I'm in some Twilight Zone thing, and I've asked my wife if she heard anything and she hadn't so it just it was just one of these weird progressive days that I just sat there in front of the TV and I go into reporter mode and I want to to uh, chronicle everything that's going on that I'm seeing so as I'm watching the news kind of roll I'm seeing the news change and the numbers change and the people change and misinformation getting out there and to me, that's that was the biggest problem I had with the whole Kobe Bryant experience on the first part of the news cycle is just the misinformation that gets out there, which is typical in some ways, but it, you'd think we'd learn from this by now to just kind of pull back and not try to be the first and be wrong, but be the second and be correct. And to me, as a media columnist, that's what I'm looking for. I'm trying to separate myself from the whole process of feeling how you want to feel when you hear something like this and just being in a in a subjective reporter objective reporter role so it it didn't hit me to really the next day about how to write a, a, a media column about this and i did for the la times and just kind of talked about the whole process of things that i saw and things that i didn't see and information i thought was mis you know construed and and i'm still sort of processing that because i'm still seeing stories that tnt did a great job i thought the other day with the uh, round table at center court at Staples Center when they had uh, Ernie Johnson and the whole crew there and Shaq. And, and, but Rick Fox was part of it, too, and Rick talked about how this affected his family because he was mentioned as one of the people on the, on the helicopter that was obviously not on the helicopter and how it affected his family and everything. And, and to me, that's where it really you need to see how these kind of reports affect someone personally and how they have no control over this and how... Um, you know, the, it, it, we finally had an, an ABC reporter who has been suspended because of giving out bad information. And, and if more, I think, media companies were like that, sort of show that there's there's consequences to pay for reporters who just jump at things and don't verify, then, you know, we're going to keep having these problems with social media and with the way that information keeps being transmitted. So, again, from, from my point, 
Um, it's been a very long week because I've been trying to do, do many different stories, many different angles of this. Kobe was involved in many business things. He was involved in many religious projects. So it's a, it's been a very um, um, roller coaster week for me, and I'm and um, I, I would figure that that's what we would talk about today because everyone seems consumed with it. Everyone still wants to talk about it on the sports talk radio shows. Everyone still wants to see news about it. My mom keeps asking what's new about things, and it's. You know, you can only go so many so many days and hours where you just you know you kind of hit a wall, and and, and I wonder when this this wall is going to hit the city. I mean, there's still going to have to be public memorials and private memorials and all sorts of things that people want to do to honor him. So it's a I, I don't know how can you compare this to anything else that you've seen in your day in L.A. Um, as far as an athlete goes? Well, not just L.A., but you know, there are certain things in my life that. Uh, stick out as far as deaths are concerned and uh, heartbreak is concerned. And, and let me just go back. Folks, sure. this is a, this is a sports business, Los Angeles. Fred's got a sore throat. Tom Hofarth with us. And uh, you can email us sportsfred at AOL.com. My mom was very, very political. And so at the age of eight, I was already very, very political. And, you know, I was, I've never voted Republican in my life. That's how political I am. Uh, and my mom was there that we had signs on the thing. JFK, JFK and our grass. Oh, sure. All right, so now it's 1962. Oh, excuse me, it's 1959. And my dad and mom take me to the Coliseum to watch Syracuse against UCLA. And there's number 44 for Syracuse. And my dad says, you know, that was Jim Brown's number. And I knew a little bit, of, you know, very young, but I knew about Jim Brown, how great he was at, at Syracuse and whatever the case might be. And it was Ernie Davis, and he was a sophomore in 1959. And UCLA, oh, yeah, did, yeah. UCLA did not have a bad team that year. They were either 7-3 and three or 6-4. and four. They got clobbered like 35-36-8. And um, I became a real big Ernie Davis fan. And now wow. it's 1962. And I'm listening, like you were probably listening a couple years later, to Jim Healy. And Jim Healy says on the air, is it true that Ernie Davis has something much more serious than mononucleosis? Because that's originally what they had told told everybody, they had mononucleosis. And I was shocked. And I, and I come home and I talk to my mom and I said, uh, what did he mean? He said, I'm not, not sure what he meant. Ironically, three years later, my own brother died of leukemia seven-year-old mm. brother, but that next May, 1963, Ernie Davis passed away from leukemia, and when I heard that, I, that was the closest thing to the Kobe Bryant thing to me, because certain things just stand out in, in your life, and um, I became such a big Ernie Davis guy that uh, I, I used to be a sports collector, and I, I didn't grade him. Uh, but I graded the Ernie Davis cards that I had when he was at State College football cards at the time at Syracuse, and I still have them, and I've never got rid of them. And when I pass, my wife will get rid of them, but I won't. I won't ever get rid of them. So, to me, Ernie Davis, because he, and also you see the the political point here is that he was the first African American ever to win the Heisman, so that became right. a major thing for me. So my point is, yeah, to the Kobe Bryant thing. I woke up Sunday morning at ten. And I go on the iPhone and I see what you said and read and everything else. And I run out into the kitchen and my wife's there. And I say, Sandy, you're not going to believe this. And she said, oh, no. I said, oh, yes. And uh, and then, of course, the mistake that the ABC guy said, he had all four of Kobe's right. g- girls on the uh, 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 on the plane, a uh, helicopter. And you know what I found out on Tuesday? And this is uh, on um, 
Colbert show. I did not know that a helicopter did not have a black box, and I didn't know that this helicopter didn't even have a vertical box that said how high you were and how high yeah, you needed odd? to be. That, that's not just odd. The yeah, FAA is to blame yeah. here, and what the hell are they flying through fog anyways? Please explain. Well, you know, and, and again, learning from history, um, you, you think of the times, you know, uh, to me, this must have been what it felt like when um, Newt Rockney went down in an airplane. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. As far as a man national person goes, I mean, not even, uh, you know, Buddy Holly and the, and, and the Big Bopper and those, when that one happened, Richie right. Valens. Right. Maybe in Los Angeles, but not nationally. To me, it, this is more like a Newt Rockney moment, and I have no perspective on that, but... But that was when planes were not used all that often, and they were, you know, still, you know, testing things and, and crashing in them, and the the technology was still, you know, not that far advanced. But with with what we have today, and this helicopter, this Black Hawk helicopter, supposedly, with, you know, the ability to get from point A to point B in 15 minutes, you'd think that going that fast, I didn't know they go, you know, almost 200 miles an hour either, as I was reading, you know, how how fast these things rise and fall, and that's, in, that's to me, is crazy. And, you know, I'm reading the stories about it, it makes it even more of a tragedy that there, these precautions aren't in place, you know, whether it's for money reasons or just laziness or what, and it just gets you angry that, that you think that these things should be mandatory, but... You know, for how long did we go without seatbelts for so long in cars and things like that? You just it, it sometimes it's just looking back. We'll, we'll look at this point and go that that made no sense. I mean, it, so so many unanswered questions, so many things to to ponder. Um, to me, that the thing that struck me as well was had this just been Kobe and a pilot maybe in a plane, and right. Kobe went down. Right. It's a whole different story than when his daughter being involved. Now he'll forever be linked with his daughter. There's this uh, social media thing, you know, girl dad. You know, everyone now wants to put pictures of them with their daughters on and show what a great dad they are for their daughters. And, and I mean, what, what a whole change of twist of the story was that happened on Sunday as well. It's not just him, but it's also him, his daughter, and then it's also other families and their daughters. And then, you know, the, the stories about what he did for women's sports and how he had, how he was champion, you know, youth sports. He wasn't doing any of this for his own personal gain. He was doing it because of his daughters and what they enjoyed doing. So considering the stories about Kobe that we were going through, you know, 20 years ago. Sure. You know, the the narrative changes, a person changes, a person learns, you know, how to overcome mistakes and forgiveness and things like that. So there's so many layers to this story that I'm still trying to process myself as well as write about them. So I don't know when this will ever end, but it's just, it's one of, it's very consuming. This whole, this whole week seems like a month already. Well, every time I watch a basketball game, that's all I'm thinking about, to tell you the truth. Sure. And, and I, I don't know how the players can play. Uh, and, and again, I wouldn't have can't, I, I could understand them not canceling the, the same day. That's almost impossible. And it, it, right, it, right. Just, I, I knew that wasn't going to happen. But, I mean, Chris Paul just decided not to play, and he didn't play. And, and I can understand that at 100% because it's a total shock. And, uh, uh, again, Kobe became friends with a lot of these guys. He played against a lot of these guys. And uh, as you indicated, uh, what Kobe was 17 years ago to what uh, Kobe was uh, up until Sunday, totally different uh, personality. And, and all you can do is, uh, 
You just wonder why they fly through fog, why the FAA didn't force uh, all helicopters to have uh, the uh, necessary equipment uh, for future things. And and certainly the vertical thing, you have to have to know how high you are and why the flying in fog is, is beyond belief. All right. Nothing else is important, but we're going to talk a couple other subjects here on uh, Sports Business Los Angeles right here on Believe. And folks, listen to all the shows on Believe and email us at sportsfred at AOL.com. Sportsfred at AOL.com. Tom Holfarth, LA Times, fine writer. Been a writer for more than 30 years uh, here in the Southern California area. Uh, You emailed me another horse racing story. Horses continue to go down at... uh, Santa Anita, and a uh, higher percentage of Santa Anita than anywhere else. And, of course, the Real Sports uh, uh, year-end review of last month indicated that 2,000 horses die a year, and I think more than that, but that's a 2,000 that they knew about and, I, and we know about through them. But the point is, Tom, what's the answer? I mean, obviously, uh, dog racing's out. How come we still have horse racing? Well, that's what the headline says on this Washington Post yep. story. It's not just a story. It's a, it's a editorial. Uh, the editorial board says, why does a, does a sport that gambles with the lives of horses really belong in our world? And it, as, the, as these deaths keep mounting and the problems keep going unsolved, you know, there's actions being taken, but um, the public outcry is finally being heard, it seems, and it as this leader of this group called Horse Racing Wrongs points out, that the death of horses is just built into the system, and it's just it's it's one of the collateral damages of of what the, what's acceptable. So it, it 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 basically says it's it's time to stop viewing horse racing through the prism of its past and answer questions about a sport that gambles with horses' lives. Does that have a place in the modern world? And and you know the more you think about it, why should it? It if we profess to love these animals and want to take care of them, why do we keep putting them through this thing just for our gambling pleasure? So um, as you see more and more major media companies sort of take this stance and, and realize that we can't keep doing the way we've been doing things, I, I think the public outcry will, will resonate much much louder with those who make decisions on this, even if people are going to lose money on it. I mean, to me, that's the, the people who keep trying to make this thing stay alive and trying to put a fresh spin on it. But they can't. They haven't changed anything. Things just keep happening. So why 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 keep going with this? Just shut it all down. Problem is the horse racing industry and the gambling industry has so much money. Yeah. Would a, if you put it to vote, uh, could it pass or would it pass here in California or some of the other states? I, I'm not sure it would pass. They've got, again, millions of dollars. And, again, $6.8 billion, last time I checked, uh, was uh, wagered legally as far as the Super Bowl is concerned. And part of that, I mean, is, uh, you know, a lot of that's profit. And it would go to defeat any kind of bill to get rid of horse racing because, obviously, the gambling industry makes millions on horse racing. But one more time. According to Dennis Tobler, who we've had on Sports Overnight America, and you've been on Sports Overnight America, mm-hmm. uh, Dennis Tobler in Vegas, and uh, he loves horse racing. He said the reason that's happening at Santa Anita is Astronics, when they took over, they fired the uh, crew, uh, the crew on the, 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 the turf crew and the dirt crew, and that's when the horses started dying. And uh, then they brought back the supervisor, 
but it was too late. Now it's a bad cycle. I don't know if that's the answer. I don't know what the answer is. I know that hitting a horse three times or six times is not going to cause that or change anything. And I know that's a rule that the California Racing Board passed a few months ago. That's ridiculous. That's not doing it. I don't know how many trainers are feeding bad drugs to these horses or any drugs to these horses. Uh, you, you hear about things like the horse shouldn't have run and the horse shouldn't have run in the last race at the Breeders' Stakes and uh, Nordic Groom. And uh, uh, the, the bottom line is that horse passed away. And again, I think last time we checked five or six over the last two, three weeks at Santa Anita, and it just, it's heart rendering. And if uh, I have a vote, uh, the vote's no. And I grew up, Tom, I've told you this a million times, loving horse racing. I'm a numbers guy. I begged my, my, when my mom or dad couldn't drive me when I was a little kid to the track. I begged my Aunt Sally to drive me. I tried every system in the world. I loved the sport. I didn't know what was going on. It was a great date. You know, you know I mean, it was a fantastic date. I worked Absolutely. my college classes, I told you this, uh, around going to Hollywood Park in Santa Anita. I would take night classes so I could get to the track in the middle of the day. Then I discovered what's going on here, and it's like, give me a break. And I can't take it anymore. Before we go, we got to talk about this. Um, ratings came out a week ago as far as sports radio stations in Los Angeles. 1.0 for 570, the Lakers station. 0.9 for 710. No other major city, no other major metropolis, Tom Hoforth, has these kind of numbers. Folks, we're talking one out of 100 listeners are listening to sports or nine-tenths of one percent listening to sports in the case of uh, KMPC, uh, 830 didn't uh, register at all. Right. Why Los Angeles, when in Boston or New York or Chicago or Detroit or Philadelphia, you're going to get three fours and fives and sixes and sevens. Why one in L.A.? Well, that's been the question we've been asking since the mid-90s when, you know, 710 switched to all sports because they thought they could replicate what was going on in New York. We already had seven. Uh, 690, the mighty 690 down in San Diego is, you know, sort of the first all-sports format in this part of town. And 710 thought it had the formula in uh, Golden West and Gene Autry and the Angel Station. It's, it had what looked like the right model. It had even a 24-hour overnight guy that I remember spending the night with once trying to figure out why in the world would you have a guy overnight sports. <laughs> Who was that guy? I don't know. That was you. and we have Me? Sleeping on a couch trying to stay awake, but... <laughs> <laughs> what, and how long did that last? I mean, and I, and I, I don't remember. Hang on, hang on. You know how long that lasted? <laughs> it lasted like three months. You know why? Yeah, yeah. I got pimples. I was, no, I was, no joke. I, I was pimple. I got all kinds of uh, illnesses. I went to the doctor, and he said, Fred, Mr. Wallen, you've got circadian something or another. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I had I had to be, all been twisting around. Yeah. I had to be asleep before the sun came up and of course if you're on all night that's not the case. So they switched me to uh, 10 to midnight and then, then then down the road the morning show, but I could not do the all night show, but I but again it was fun and we thought we were going to do something and that was 25 years ago and we get a 1.0 and a 0.9 for KMPC and a zero for 8.30, and it's astounding. I mean, obviously and there are more. Are the stations that have the major sports teams that you would think are supposed to be the foundation for what you have. And, now, and those are the ones that we always kept saying, well, wait till the NFL comes here, and the NFL will, will help boost sports talk, because now fans will want to talk about NFL all the time and gambling and, and all the things, fantasy leagues and all those things. 
And it just hasn't happened, whether it's because Sirius XM has taken over people, podcasting has taken over, what people listen to in their car. Um, it's not CDs anymore, right? It's all uh, no. iTunes and things like that that people listen to. It's so fractured of what you can do in your car now. You don't have to listen to the AM radio. And, uh, I mean, on top of it, I, I don't I, – it, it, what 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 – uh, 710 has now done, ESPN has now taken it over. They put on national programming at key points in the afternoon, so where you want to talk, you want to talk Kobe in the afternoon, and it's stuck in a national show. So you can't even get access to do that. You have to wait for a local show to come on, and they've decided local shows don't sell in L.A., and, and they pay so much money for these national shows that if a station is owned by ESPN, which this one is, they have to put them on in L.A. and New York and their big market. So it, it it's a it's such uh it it feels like horse racing and it feels like boxing in a lot of ways radio the golden medium of the time just feels like it's being phased out and it's kind of a reflection of how television is also probably going to be in this situation soon as Netflix and Amazon start airing live sports and that's going to happen sooner or later Amazon is already airing live English Premier Hockey or English Premier Soccer in England in the BBC. We can't see it here on Amazon Prime on our own because it's only the BBC. They're learning how to adjust to that fact that it doesn't have to be on a television. You can stream it. You can find it somewhere else besides a regular TV uh, standard format and the standard uh, uh, rights fees. So as that model, people get more and more used to it. It's going to be a generational thing. Our generation that came up on radio and television is 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 going away, and so is the generation of people that watch baseball, boxing, um, horse racing, and I, 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 you know, these are the same people that are going to say, "What's a newspaper?" You know, twenty years from now, these are things that we had, and this was what our world was like, and now they're just changing. Whether it's good or bad, you know, we're going to have to decide, you know, hundred years from now. But it's just it's so different that. Um, you know, even the Kings don't have a local radio a station affiliate anymore. They just do iHeartRadio and they do audio streaming. So you have to stream it on your phone. And that, you know, they're taking that leap, um, just like LAFC is taking that leap. They don't have a local TV carry. They have YouTube TV. So, uh, again, it's a business decision, and it, you have to go to where the people are. And if that's where people are consuming sports, it's not the old traditional places anymore. And that's what we're seeing. That To me, it just it's it's – it's sad in a way, but it's also, you know, part of the way the world changes. Tom, uh, we're taping this Thursday at uh, 5.15 uh, Pacific time. And in our last... We're digitally mo- recording, Fred. We don't tape anymore. We That's digitally it. record things. <laughs> yeah. Good point. Um, Clippers play later tonight. I'm not sure I can watch it. Are you capable of watching it in 30 seconds, yay or nay? Probably not, and I probably won't watch the Laker game tomorrow night when they have their first home game against Portland. I, I, you know, I need a break. And these new rules that came out with the NBA All-Star game that's coming out in a couple weeks, it just sounds so ridiculous that they're trying to do too much into one thing. Everyone's trying to do tributes. And, and I think what we need is just to take a break and just, you know, find our priorities. Just, just you know, stick with this for a while. Why do we have to go back to sports so quickly? Uh, sometimes it can be a great comforter, but sometimes it can also be seem inappropriate. And and I'm just at that crossroad right now where I, I don't need to see any more sporting events. Uh, for the time being, the Super Bowl to me is is huge anticlimactic this week, and it's 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 very hard to get up for that one for sure. I was going to go to a friend's house, but I'm not going to do so. Tom, yeah. stay well. We'll talk to you next week right here on uh, Believe in Sports Business, Los Angeles.
I believe we'll get through this, Fred. Thank you. Tom Holfarth, fine writer for the L.A. Times, Sports Business Journal, and the L.A. Uh, Business Journal. I'm Fred, you're not. Scott, thanks for putting this together, and uh, we'll see you around the corner right here on Believe and Sports Business Los Angeles. Bye, everybody. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.